Hey everyone, and welcome to Here for the Booze. I'm Jax, thanks for joining. Tonight we're going to talk about my favorite movies. Uh, not a complete list, just the big ones that I like to watch on repeat over and over. Not in a row, don't worry. As always, there's going to be spoilers. You know the drill, don't listen if you don't want the movie spoiled because you haven't seen it. It's everyone drinking tonight. I have one last Far From the Tree ectoplasm beer that I'm going to enjoy. So uh, let's dive in and start with The Faculty. This is from 1998. It's one of my, definitely one of my favorites uh, for lots of reasons. It's, it's just, a, I love the soundtrack. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, it's hip. It's got a great cast, a huge cast of people that you recognize, especially now. Fun fact though about this movie I bought it um, on VHS from that video rental place I told you guys about uh, that I worked at. And I brought it to college with the VCR. So, yeah, this is one of my favorites. The writer of Scream actually wrote this and Robert Rodriguez directed it. So Kevin Williamson wrote Scream. That's going to be an episode in itself because those movies are just door opening to the rest you know, how horror is now. I mean, they, they totally reset the tone for horror. It's his, it was his writing that really did it. Just really did a good job with the dialogue and everything in that movie. I feel like that's something that everybody can agree on with Scream. This is a really, you know, the faculty, it's a smart hor horror movie. It's self-aware, just like Scream, you know, of what it truly is. <laughs> if you didn't notice, it's a Tommy Hilfiger-sponsored movie. They're all wearing Tommy Hilfiger throughout the whole thing. It's epitome of 90s fashion. I totally had magazine cutouts of Hilfiger ads with the actors from this movie because they were, it was like on set kind of, I don't know, definitely a lot of Josh Hartnett. This movie has nods to The Terminator, The Thing, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Breakfast Club, Stepford Wives. For The Thing, there's a comedic replay of the blood test when they all snort the homemade hack drug, as Stokely nicely puts it. Uh, Robert Patrick's in this. That's like the ultimate Terminator nod. Casey Connor, Elijah Wood's character. That's a huge nod to Terminator with his name. Anybody else remember before he did Lord of the Rings, North or The Good Son that Elijah Woods was in? Those are definitely other really good movies you need to check out. The science teacher in the movie is Mr. Ed Furlong, and that's another nod to Terminator. Heads on legs, just like the thing. The actors in this, Jon Stewart, Selma Hayek, Robert Patrick. Jordana Brewster, Piper Lauren, who is the mom from the OG Carrie, and Josh Hartnett, like I already said. I don't know about y'all, but I love this movie mostly just because he was in it. So it was definitely why I watched it initially. Uh, this is this movie, though, was examining the science fiction world, whereas Scream examines the horror world. Stokely talks about sci-fi books, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Puppet Master. You know, this movie is great too because it's not that gory in my opinion uh only two people died in the movie the the principal and the science teacher um crazy toward the end when the southern blonde new girl throws the dust um on the principal she uses it all because she doesn't want them to use it on her and then that's why zeke has to go back outside and the explosion with the teacher losing her head and all that fun stuff you know, the other thing about this movie is it has, like, a regular happy ending. Girl gets the guy. Aliens are gone. Blah, blah, blah. I wish that this had a little bit of a twist. I would have loved this to have had a sequel. You know, this movie has some pretty basic qualities to a high school horror kind of movie. You know what I mean? 
a group of people that some of them kind of know each other in high school, but they don't hang out, but then they have to come together to, you know, to defeat the monsters and the teachers and all that kind of stuff. So this movie is, you know, something that is nice to just put on, you know what I mean? And watch. It doesn't really require you to pay attention too, too much. They, they pretty much explain a lot of what's going on. So it's definitely uh, a movie to check out and definitely one that I will watch over and over again. Unfortunately, they don't play this on TV too much. So, And I don't have it on DVD, surprisingly, so I definitely need to change that. I've been lucky to stream it for free on like Pluto or one of those weird apps that, I've, you, know, that you can get on your TV or whatever. The next one I want to talk about is As Above, So Below. It's from 2014. And this has got history, the catacombs, ghosts, things from people's past, and Ben Feldman. Love me some historical references here for this movie. This movie has lots of bad reviews. And honestly, I cannot fathom why. I have no idea why this got bad reviews. <laughs> it's the same director who, di- who directed M. Night Shyamalan's movie Devil. That's a really awesome horror flick, too. Definitely a movie I watch on repeat um, because it has a nice, simple plot. It doesn't try to be this super scary, innovative thing. It's people stuck in an elevator. You know what I mean? It's just a really... But that's M. Night Shyamalan. He has some really great visions for horror, in my opinion. This movie has, you know, it's a woman-led exploration into the catacombs. And we see just how fearless she can be. You know, she takes over her father's search for the Philosopher's Stone after he killed himself you know, in the beginning, you see her escape bombs and Iran to find this piece of history. You know, and I'm not going to go into the history part, but it's awesome that they incorporated all these little things that she's finding in these written and scripture inscriptions and things like that. It's it's just, I don't know, I'm kind of a nerd for that kind of stuff, too. Uh, she seeks the help of an old friend who you can't help but think she slept with. And yeah, it's Ben Feldman. And if you don't know who that is, look him up because you definitely know who he is. He's in lots of horror. He's in the Friday the 13th from 2009. He's in, I can't even come, I didn't even write you down because I should have, but he's in a lot of horror that you definitely know him from. So definitely look him up. You know, their demeanor together, plus this is a found footage type film. So we don't get a complete backstory or a flashback of the trip to Turkey that they had that they kind of like briefly talk to each other and look at each other about. (laughs) Uh, Nothing's stopping her at this point after she's met up with, with him. You know, she, George, I think is his name. You know, she's ready to to just hunt down this French climber at this really cool, like, French club. And then, like, this odd woman is, like, staring at them because she has a camera guy that she's paid to follow them to. Um, and, of course, the next morning, after some convincing, they head down to the cat- catacombs. Where there are is not the normal entrance that you would go when you go on tour to the catacombs. And that's because of this map that's telling them where to go. And this map comes from some neat tricks that she does after going to a museum flipping an ancient stone over and like lighting it on fire and she can like see something it's really it was really crazy um but i'm not going to go through exactly like you know what she does in the movie um they solve history puzzles and she's like so quick with what they find and how to answer the question or how to read what they're looking at you know because if you remember the movie she describes that whole beautiful wall of how a mother and a son, I think, or a lover, I can't remember, 
were, you know, taken apart and they could only touch each other by the palms of their hands and the soles of their feet. And it's the way that it's drawn on the wall. It's just beautiful. This movie definitely has some really cool, like, treasure hunt aspect to it also. Things start to really pick up once they're down in the catacombs and they start to really get deep in there. And you wonder exactly where they're going, though. Because they're going down and down and down. And then you realize that they're entering hell. Yeah. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here, is what's written above this little hole that they're crawling into. And as they say that, I don't remember if George says it or if she says it, the next person says they will be made to crawl on their bellies into the kingdom of darkness. Because she's literally crawling down into hell at this point. And you hear this like loud, like this really loud music. And you're like, wait a minute, this is found footage. There's no music. And they can hear it too. So it's, it's kind of one of those moments in the movie that you realize like, oh, there's not supposed to be music, you know. Um, there is music throughout the catacombs as they're walking around. They can be, they, they encounter a group of people chanting and things like that but that was like right when they got in and that's where most people like hang out they like crawled through bones to get to this next part so I mean they were way past where they had first seen people you know they're not walking they're just crawling into this and I remember when I first saw this I was horrified I was so so scared you know this is on Netflix by the way if I didn't say that already it's it's definitely worth going to watch um it was it was scary because it's found footage and they don't know what they're doing and there's all these things that are happening happening to them. You know what I mean? I couldn't believe that this is where the movie was leading. And I will admit that the ending came a little quick and was a little odd. But, you know, how do you have people come back from the depths of hell? You know, they encounter aspects of their past, demons or Satan slaves. I don't know. Clothed figures were around them. And one of them, like, bit Ben Feldman, you know, George's character. So it's kind of, like, crazy. See, I don't know why this movie was hated so much. I just, I don't know. Like, was it because the ending was rushed or they went into hell? I don't know. I just, I liked that twist, you know, and the movie ends with them getting back on the streets of Paris and then she has a little, like, closing monologue and how she, it was pre-catacomb experience. And it's just, I don't know. I just really liked the way that this movie was put together and, like I said, it could, it can, it's a little rushed, but is there really a perfect horror movie? Is there? Because there's not a lot, if there are. You know what I mean? I feel like I like to accept the ones that I just like. And we're just going to keep on with that female lead horror and talk about The Descent from 2005. This is a really, really scary movie, I will say. It definitely was not one that I expected to be. But I was very scared. Very, very scared. Was definitely not uh, ready for this. And I had so many emotions. And I remember reading about it. And I, I needed to see it, as I've said before. If, if there's going to be an article about it, if it's graphic, I'm going to watch it. I, Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Period. Doesn't matter. I'm going to watch it. This movie is wonderfully done. It's part found footage because you can see their mounted camera views once they're in the cave which gives it a really interesting lighting aspect to it because there's night vision through some of it. It's really dark. There's obviously no light. They're in a freaking cave. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, I just felt it was beautifully shot too. And the cave that they're in, I don't know how the heck they got in there with all the equipment as, you know, real cameramen, you know what I mean, to film this. Because there are some fight scenes and it's good. 
The director is Neil Marshall, who did the brand new Hellboy from 2019, Dog Soldiers, and The Descent 2, which is not as good, but it's worth watching. You may not recognize the actors as they're mostly British, but this is a non-stop horror movie. It's probably why I love to rewatch it, because it's, it's, a, it's a constant, like, on the edge of your seat. Except for a tiny bit, and I'm not even going to say the beginning, because something happens in the beginning, but, you know, even... 20 minutes in, you're still kind of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, it's just quick. You know, it starts with one of the characters, Sarah, going through a tragic loss of her husband and her daughter. But then you start to realize that maybe he was cheating on her with the leader of the group, Juno, and like one of her good friends. It's lightly implied and then reinforced with scenes from a whitewater rafting trip that they had right before the accident. You kind of see them close together and giving each other a look, you know. You know, and the friends kind of looking at her like, what's going on? You know, everybody knows. This movie is wonderfully put together to make you feel all the emotions that these girls are going through. After this accident happens, they decide to do a a girl's cave dive climb into an unmarked area, which Juno lies about. You know, a couple things wrong with this. I would never go into anything like this without complete knowledge of where we were going and how we're getting out. It's insane how people... Don't see how potentially dangerous this is, but end mom rant. <laughs> you know, obviously it's a movie, but these girls are in for a whole mess of trouble. I can't imagine anybody thinking, like, I'm going to this cave and it's going to be cool. Nobody's ever been in here. I don't know. I, I can't imagine what would be living down there. You know what I mean? Not what they find, but, <laughs> you know, Sarah, who had lost her family, starts to, to think that she sees uh, other people down in the cave. But then we realize that they're far from human. There are these things called crawlers. And it's an adapted species that is blind, drools, has a keen sense of hearing. You know, they're like see-through, clear, I don't know. And their ears are pointy and they have no hair. So (laughs) very adapted, very adapted. Uh, It's gory, scary, everything that you want and expect out of a horror movie. This is just a real gem uh, for sure. And it has a very, very simple plot. And even the backstory that I just told you about Juno possibly, you know, having that affair with Sarah's husband, that backstory doesn't even ruin this. Why? Because of the ending. Remember, I said Juno may have been cheating and Juno did kill Beth, one of the other girls that was with them on accident. She definitely did it on accident, but she didn't really tell Sarah when Sarah asked where Beth was. She didn't tell Sarah, like, I accidentally killed her. You know, she just acted like she had no idea what a coward that was the one thing I definitely didn't like about Juno is you know for the leader that she was trying to be I I didn't really like that she just bowed out for that I was like really that's that's all you want to okay cool you know so at the end when they're face to face and Sarah, Sarah reveals that she has Juno's necklace because Beth had grabbed it you know as she was struck and killed by Juno when she fell you know Sarah had found Beth in the cave monsters like death area no idea how to describe it mostly like eating animals and well who knows but you know after she reveals this necklace to Juno that she has it knowing that like Beth had taken it from her so she strikes Juno through the knee and leaves her to fend for herself because those monsters are coming you can hear them in the background they're getting louder there's not just two you know what I mean the one of the women one you know ones was killed so that's got to be kind of a good thing that Maybe she was the only one and now they're just not going to reproduce, you know, and for this movie, the other cool thing about it is that there are two endings, you know, the U.S. one, which if you've seen this movie, this is more than likely the ending that you saw 
where Sarah escapes, gets out of the car, um, and runs to the car and she like throws up outside and then she, you know, is in the car and she sees a ghost of Juno and then she like breathes or like screams a little and then the credits roll. In Britain, they thought that it was better if Sarah didn't escape. When she sees Juno, it causes her to wake back up in the cave following a flashback to her daughter's birthday and as she's like blowing up the candle it cuts to black and you can hear the crawlers approach and then the credits roll apparently that was like too dark for the u.s <laughs> no idea why you know but it's it's definitely dark but i think i'm not sure where in that sequence you know if juno was hit in the knee that's the one thing i couldn't figure out um i've actually never seen it and i should have just watched it you know the sequel to this obviously is going to pick up from the u.s ending Sarah gets out, she goes to the hospital, you know, and it endure and it, you know, goes on from there. Obviously, she wants to now find Juno, and that's kind of like how the second one goes. It's okay. I don't know if because the first one was so shocking because it was new, and you know what I mean? It, we weren't expecting it. I don't know if the second one just wasn't up to par it, you know it, it was good but I I really liked the first one I liked the dynamic of the girls you know that was really what made the movie whereas the next one is not a group of people that know each other you know what I mean definitely not and I definitely felt that the second one was rushed and I don't know but I will say I am glad that I watched it because I was glad to see how they took the story you know the continuation of the story it was interesting you know how they kind of I will always watch the sequel. You know what I mean? More than likely, probably about 80% of the time, because I definitely know a few times I won't. <laughs> what other movies do you guys rewatch? Because these are not the only ones that I rewatch. You know, during Halloween, I will watch the Friday the 13th movies over and over. I love to watch the Halloween movies over and over. Um, if I could ever rewatch the second Halloween from the 80s, that would be great. But obviously they never show it on TV, so that really stinks. There are so many other movies that I like to watch over and over, but I would really love to hear what you guys watch because maybe it'll become one of my one of my regulars or maybe one of mine will become one of yours. You know, that's what this is all about. It's to broaden people's horizons on what kind of horror movies that would actually be interesting to them. You know, like I said, they're not all about slicing people open and guts out and things like that. It's all about strategy sometimes and a slow burn of what's going to happen and that's where I feel like horror is starting to get a little smarter starting to realize that people want a little bit more than just people screaming you know what I mean they have to have a tiny bit more backstory to them <laughs> I'm not going to take too much more of you guys's time I as always thank you so much for listening I really hope that you enjoyed this episode there will be another repeat episode not sure when but like I said, give me some of your ideas. We'll talk. Again, thanks for listening. Till next time on Here for the Booze, I'm Jax, and I'm going to leave you with this quote from H.P. Lovecraft. There are horrors beyond life's edge that we do not suspect, and once in a while, man's evil prying calls them within just out of range. Good night, kids. <laughs>